Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? like today we're going to be looking at something very strange <laughs> and uh, I know it's not surprising to many of you but we are going to be looking at something very strange in scripture today and it's one of those things where some pastors some people they jump over these verses like this that are strange controversial um, some people call them church split in sermons uh, we don't worry about it when you go through the word you can't avoid strange and difficult subjects. In fact, that's what's so good about the Word of God is that, remember, it afflicts the comfortable and it comforts the afflicted. And it's sweet and it's bitter and it changes us from the inside out because it tells us the truth we need to hear. But not only that, we're going to see some things today that are a little bit controversial. And that's okay. In any case, we're going to dive into it. Now, um, before we dive into the passage today in Daniel chapter 2, I just want to remind us where we're at. Daniel is being raised up, this humble young man, he's being raised up, and, but remember what happened. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that disturbed him, so much so that he warned all the, the, the magi and the sorcerers and the astrologers that if they did not tell him not only the interpretation of the dream, but the dream itself, he was going to chop them up in little pieces and then burn down their house, which, you know, that was probably more for impacting their families, but... Um, that's, we talked about Nebuchadnezzar was a little prideful, wasn't he? <laughs> Just a little bit and angry and had a horrible temper. And we're going to see that a little more in future chapters. But today we're going to see Daniel being raised up even more and giving God the glory even more and giving God the credit and everything, which is a great recipe for all of us. But today, Daniel, remember, he, he went in he, to the king and he said, hey, give me some time. You've given this decree, and Daniel was on the hit list. He was one of those wise men who was on the hit list, who was going to be killed if they didn't give the king his dream and his interpretation. And so Daniel went into the king and said, give me some time. And then Daniel used that time wisely. Remember, he prayed. He sought the Lord, and he had his friends also seek the Lord with him. And God came through, like usual for Daniel, and gave him the dream and gave him the interpretation. And so that's where we start today in Daniel chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 31 through 33, and then we're going to dive in. It starts with this. Daniel's going to say this. You, O king, this is telling him of his dream, were watching. And behold, a great image, this great image whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. Verse 32. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. Let's pray. Father, this is your word. And Lord, there's so much in this chapter. We know it's the backbone of biblical prophecy. And so God, let our hearts be receptive to your message as you speak to each one of us. Let our minds be changed. Let us dive into your word and let it really deep, go deep into our hearts and into our lives. 
We know that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and so speak to us through your word, Lord, today. We are your people, and we crave you, Lord. We want more of you, Father, and we know we are to be changed into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, and one of the greatest ways is through the power of the Spirit in your word. And so do that today, Lord. Help me to get out of the way and just lay your word out before your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is, a, this is an awesome and amazing passage, and I use that word awesome on purpose because it sounds like when you read this chapter, you know, awesome was really popular in the 80s. And you can, <laughs> you can usually tell the age of a person by the slang words they know. You know <laughs> today, I won't even go into all the slang words today because I'm confused on half of them, so that means I'm really old. I understand that. But we see Daniel tells him there's this, he tells him, this is the dream you had, King Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar somewhat forgot this dream. And so he tells him, this is what you saw. You saw this statue. And if you noticed, it's made of five different materials. Five different materials, four metals, and then clay. And those materials, they diminish in value as they go down all the way to the feet, but they increase in strength until the feet. Understand that, because that will be important. But in verse, that verse uh, that we first looked at, that uh, word translated as awesome in the New King James is dakal in the Aramaic. Remember, we're now in the Aramaic language. Daniel changed over from Hebrew to Aramaic, but the two languages are related. But Aramaic was the native language of Babylon. But it, this word used there for awesome is dakal. It means terrible or fearful. So that's what's being said here. And uh, it's, the he it's related to the same Hebrew word zakal, which means fear. But here's the kicker. It means to be afraid, but it can also mean a serpent, <laughs> which is going to be really appropriate as we dive in because we're going to understand what we're looking at in this image, in, this, in what Daniel is interpreting this dream. We're looking at world kingdoms, world empires, four human kingdoms with the last kingdom having two portions. With, so that's a total of five, and you'll see why that's important. But we know the serpent, Satan, in this dispensation of time, he has some authority. We know that God has allowed him certain authority through legal means, through legal grounds, through strongholds and footholds to rule over certain kingdoms. But God in his complete sovereignty, remember we looked at this last week, God can intervene anytime he chooses in his sovereignty to raise up and tear down any king or any kingdom he chooses. But Satan has been given limited authority for this time, this dispensation. We know this though, in Revelation chapter 5, we find out Jesus is going to take back the title de deed of the earth. And I won't dive in this today, but I'll just say this. Adam relinquished the title deed. Remember, he was given complete dominion over the earth. And through his sin, he relinquished that title deed. And now it allows certain legal grounds for Satan to rule, to do certain things. But in Revelation chapter 5, we, we see the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth is going to take back that title deed. And I can't wait for that day. <laughs> the awesome thing about that, awesome thing about that is this. We're going to be there this time. We're going to be there when Jesus takes back that title deed as the church. But we know this too. Um, remember when Jesus was tempted, we understand this legal authority because when Jesus was tempted, Satan tempted him three different times. Remember, he took him into the wilderness, three different temptations. That third temptation is found in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. And it says this, again, this is the third time. The devil took him up on a, uh, him up on a, an exceedingly high mountain. And I, I just want to stop there for a second. Mountains represent kingdoms in, in the scripture when it relates to eschatology and prophetic scripture. And that'll be important, not so much this week, but as we dive into Daniel, we're going to look at seven mountains. 
And people often misconstrue what the seven mountains are, but they are also pertaining to seven kingdoms, the completion of human kingdoms. Now just put that in the back of your mind and hold on to it because it'll be in future teaching. But it says this, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, remember, he's saying this to Jesus, all these things I will give to you, if what? If you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So this is awesome because, notice he didn't say, Satan, you don't have that power. He didn't rebuke Satan and say, You don't have the power to give me these kingdoms. Legal authority. He said, If Jesus, if you worship me, then I will have the legal authority to give you power over these kingdoms. Jesus didn't rebuke him. He just said, no, get away from me. He didn't say, you're lying, Satan. You don't have that power. Instead, Jesus rebuked him through the word of God. And this should be our example. I just have to say this. this was, we had this men's camp this week up uh, near Loman. And uh, we got there early. And I was with some guys. And the first 30 minutes we were there, we walked down to the creek. And this was just kind of, you could say it's a coincidence. That's fine. Uh, we walked down to the creek. And we're standing there. And all of a sudden, we see this snake take hold of this fish, okay? And he's wrestling with the fish, and he's got a grip, and he's going to kill this fish. He's trying to take him back to the shore, to this little cove, his dwelling place, to, to eat this fish. And one of the guys I was with, Phil, picks up this big rock and just chucks it over there, and it pins the snake down under the water. It pins him down, and all of a sudden, the snake relinquishes the fish. The fish swims off fast, goes upstream. By the way, that's just a good lesson in life. Any dead fish can swim downstream, it takes a live one to swim up, okay? That's a little... But there's some spiritual context there, too. So this fish goes away, and so we're just sitting, and then all of a sudden it just hit me. Wow, that's a real spiritual message if you think about it. You know, the fish is a symbol of the Christian. And the serpent, you know, this fish, he's just dwelling in this little pool that was so comfortable. He was having his best life now, you know, just dwelling there. And this snake come up behind him and got him, trapped him, was going to kill him. But how was the snake defeated? The rock. This big old rock that was thrown on top of him, pinned him under the water, the water of the word. How do we defeat Satan? I was looking at this, I said, that was cute. That's, thank you, Lord. You know, it's one of those things. Now, you don't have to believe it's from the Lord. You're welcome to believe whatever you want. But I'm telling you, it was just kind of one of those winks. But that's how Satan is defeated. Through Jesus Christ, he's the rock. Through the power of his word. Now, later, the snake slithered away. And, uh, but I'm sure that little fish learned his lesson. Of course, fish are dumb. So <laughs> don't be like a fish either. Don't be dumb, okay? But here we see Satan has some of that ability. And what we know is that here in Daniel is we're seeing four world empires ultimately ruled by Satan with that fourth kingdom being separate, separated by what we'll see as time itself for a total of five kingdoms. And so Daniel tells the king in verse 31, you were looking and you saw this great image and it appeared in all its splendor. And that just means brightness. But again, it's awesome. It's terrible. It's terrifying. And Daniel explains in verse 32 that the image had a head of gold, a chest and arms of silver, a belly and thighs of bronze. And then in verse 33, Daniel states that it had legs of iron, but it also had feet of iron and clay. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website.
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.